Hey, history enthusiasts, you get not one, but two events in history today. Heads up that you also might hear two different hosts, me and Tracy V. Wilson. With that said, on with the show. Welcome to this day in history class from HowStuffWorks.com and from the desk of Stuff You Missed in History Class. It's the show where we explore the past one day at a time with a quick look at what happened today in history. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Tracy V. Wilson and it's August 26th. On this day in 1789, the final articles of the Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen were adopted by France's National Assembly. One of the many inspirations for this document was the Magna Carta, or the Great Charter. That was issued by King John of England in 1215, and it set down the idea that every person was subject to the law, and those persons who were subject to the law included the king. It also set down a number of rights and protections that people were entitled to. Another inspiration was the American Declaration of Independence from 1776. That document set down the idea that all men had certain inalienable rights, and it set down what some of those rights were, and also detailed various reasons that the American colonies felt compelled to declare their independence from the British crown. King John issued the Magna Carta when he was facing a possible rebellion by the British elite. And the Declaration of Independence was written in the face of ongoing insults and injustices by the British monarchy, at least in the view of the framers of that document. The Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen was a critical document in the French Revolution, which was an uprising against the French monarchy and the system of feudalism that was dominating French life. So all of these documents had these things in common. The Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen was adopted a few weeks after French revolutionaries stormed the Bastille. And before that point, France had been divided into three estates. The first was the clergy, the second was the nobility, and the third was the commoners. The commoners were the overwhelming majority in terms of people, like 98% of the population, but they didn't have nearly the amount of political power as the first and second estates did. The common people were also facing a lot of hardships, including extreme food shortages, and this was in the face of huge excesses among the monarchy and the nobility. All of this contributed to the French Revolution. So members of the Third Estate established the National Assembly, which was more formally named the National Constituent Assembly. They wanted to reform the French Constitution. It was this body that adopted the Declaration of the Rights of Man and the Citizen. The principal author of that declaration was the Marquis de Lafayette, who collaborated with Thomas Jefferson. Some of the concepts in this declaration... The first article is that men are born and remain free and equal in rights. Social distinctions may be based only on considerations of the common good. These natural rights were listed as being liberty and property and safety. Resistance to oppression was another. Liberty was defined as being able to do anything that doesn't harm others. This declaration also specified that citizens were equal in the eyes of the law. They had equal rights to participate in legislation. So there would no longer be this situation where the common people had way less of a political voice, even though they were almost the entire population of the country. People were also protected from being arrested without cause. They had the rights to free speech and freedom of religion. These were all part of the declaration. 
A lot of these ideas in this document connected to the revolutionary motto of liberty, equality, and fraternity, obviously would be said in French, but my French is not great, and to the Enlightenment ideas of universal inalienable rights. This document served as a preamble to the French Constitution of 1791, and similar documents also served as preambles to the Constitution of 1793 and of 1795. Although these concepts in this declaration are really about establishing and protecting freedoms, the French Revolution that it was part of became a very violent conflict. King Louis XVI was overthrown. His wife, Marie Antoinette, was beheaded. He was as well. Thousands of suspected enemies of the revolution were also guillotined during the Reign of Terror, which went on for 10 months Maximilien de Robespierre, who gave the orders in a lot of the Reign of Terror, was himself executed in 1794, so it was a deeply turbulent and violent time. Thanks to Christopher Hasiotis for his research work on this episode and to Tari Harrison for her audio skills on all these episodes. You can learn more about the French Revolution in the February 8th, 2017 episode of Stuff You Missed in History class called The Women's March on Versailles and in the November 19th, 2008 episode called How the French Revolution Worked. You can subscribe to this day in history class on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and wherever else you get your podcasts. Tune in tomorrow for a battle that divided a city. Hello, hello, everyone. Welcome to This Day in History class, where we bring you a new tidbit from history every day. The day was August 26th, 1910. St. Teresa of Calcutta, commonly known as Mother Teresa, was born in what is now Skopje, northern Macedonia. Born Agnes Ganja Boyaju, Mother Teresa was part of a middle-class Albanian family. Her brother believed that their mother's service to poor people in the community helped influence Mother Teresa to become a nun. When she was 18 years old, she joined the Sisters of Laredo, a community of Irish nuns who had a mission in Calcutta, India. In 1931, after spending time in Ireland, then joining the Laredo convent in Darjeeling, India, she took her first vows and took the name Teresa in honor of the French Saint Therese of Lisieux. She would also take her final vows at the Laredo convent in Darjeeling in 1937. Teresa was assigned to teach at St. Mary's High School for Girls in Calcutta. Though the school was close to a poor area, the students were mainly wealthy. But by 1946, Mother Teresa received what she considered a second calling. She wanted to work with the poor. The Vatican gave her permission to leave the Sisters of Laredo and start work under the guidance of the Archbishop of Calcutta. After she was granted permission to live as an independent nun, she began wearing a white sari with a blue border and a cross pinned on her left shoulder as her habit. She began training with the American Medical Missionary Sisters in Putna, India. By the end of 1948, she was back in Calcutta, teaching impoverished children literacy and hygiene. In 1950, her group, the Missionaries of Charity, was granted official status as a religious community within the Archdiocese of Calcutta. 
Members took vows of poverty, chastity, obedience, and giving free service to the most impoverished people. Teresa was soon granted Indian citizenship. In 1952, the Missionaries of Charity began caring for dying people and opened the Kaligat home for the dying. In the mid-1950s, Mother Teresa also began working with people with leprosy and established a rehabilitation center for them. The Missionaries of Charity also went on to run several elementary schools in Calcutta and opened a home for orphans and abandoned children. In 1965, Pope Paul VI gave the Missionaries of Charity the rank of a Society of Pontifical Rite, so it was under direct control of the papacy. The congregation was also granted permission to expand beyond India. By the late 1970s, there were more than 200 centers in more than 25 countries around the world. In 1969, the Missionaries of Charity became affiliated with the International Association of Coworkers, a group that also aimed to serve the poorest people. As the Missionaries of Charity expanded globally into places where population growth was extensive, the sisters maintained their negative views of abortion and contraception. They started up new operations for the elderly, people with AIDS, and disabled people. Mother Teresa's work and character was recognized widely, and she received the Nobel Peace Prize in 1979. Eventually, Mother Teresa began struggling with health issues and was hospitalized a couple of times. At that point, Sister Nirmala was named as the leader of the Missionaries of Charity. Mother Teresa died of a heart attack in September of 1997. She was canonized as a saint in 2016. But her legacy is not without controversy. There were claims that she and her followers baptized the dying without their knowledge. Many people testified that the medical care the missionaries of charity administered was negligible, and many personnel were not medically trained, and the conditions were unhygienic. Mother Teresa, on the other hand, went to expensive facilities when she needed medical treatment. People also claimed that Mother Teresa's work was more about proselytizing in poor communities than relieving suffering. There were also concerns over the way she managed the money she received and her views on abortion, contraception, and divorce. I'm Eve Jeffcoat, and hopefully you know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. And if you're so inclined, you can follow us at TDIHC Podcast on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. We'll see you tomorrow. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows.